Pastor Curtis is um, our, our, our guest teacher for this morning, Bay Community Fellowship. The, he, he, he would describe himself, some people would call him pastor uh, at Bay Community Fellowship in Oakland. He would describe himself as the lead servant, and I, I really like that. Um, to, uh, it, it, it's easy in this, in this line of work to get hung up on your title and your position and to use that so that other people, so you can boss people around and wield your shield, you know, wield your uh, spiritual authority over their life. Um, Curtis, it's, in so many ways, he wants to show people that it's about imitating our servant king, Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I really like that, lead servant. And um, for me, being um, a new pastor in, in Oakland and new at this church planting work, um, Pastor Curtis has been, in so many ways, an encourager to me, a resource, a cultural counselor. Just I just know if I need to call on him for advice or ideas, um, that, that he's there and he's going to be a, a great help to me. Um, and uh, I, I would just say every pastor needs somebody who can be their pastor too when, when they're going through, when they got questions, when they're up against a wall. And um, so Curtis has been that for me. And I, I, I know that in particular uh, the, uh, the, the book of Isaiah that we read from, Isaiah is, is a really important one to him and, and his own story. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a passion for him to share uh, from Isaiah and then to let God speak from Isaiah into uh, our world. So I'm excited for you to get to hear what, uh, what, what God put on his heart to say. I, I would say uh, I'm not your friend if I haven't told you about the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda, but also I'm not your friend if I haven't introduced you to this, this man. So really thankful for him. If you would, um, let's pray for him before yeah. he opens up God's word. If you would, you want to stretch out your hand towards him and then uh, we'll hear from God's word. Spirit of the living God, uh, may the, the words of Curtis's mouth, may the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our Lord, our rock, our redeemer. We, uh, we want to hear your voice today. We want you to speak clearly to us. We want to we draw near to you. We want to know that you've drawn near to us. Thank you for this man, and uh, we, uh, we, we just pray, great preacher, that you would preach through him. Thank you, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Andy. I appreciate the invitation to be here. Uh, he is also uh, a part of uh, our accountability group. Uh, we meet together typically once a month, and we are able to be transparent and authentic with each other. And, uh, and it's an honor to be here. And I guess I am the older Curtis now, you know, and, uh, and that's all right. That's cool. You know, I... Um, I was telling my wife, but that just means I, I, I don't really feel old. But I know I'm getting older, you know, and, um, but that just means that uh, the grace of God has brought me through life uh, a little farther, and uh, I can kind of give back, and it's a blessing to be able to give back. So I'm excited about being here with you uh, as we uh, go through this season of Advent, and you guys actually made time to come out today to hear about God and hear what he has to say uh, about our lives. And it's important. Um, I'm originally from New York, so if you hear the good king's English, then that's, that's why. Um, my wife is not here to interpret. She's at a church plant that uh, we planted in East Oakland uh, with a, a younger, more uh, good-looking pastor who's able to wear the tight clothes. You know, one day I'm going to get to be that young pastor that wears the tight clothes, but I, I can't do it right now. 
Well, anyway, um, I'm excited. We read the text. We heard the story about Isaiah's uh, communicating to the people of his time uh, about the coming Messiah. But there's a context. There's, a, there's always a, a circumstance that we live in. There's always um, a story behind the story. And the story behind the story was that Isaiah was speaking to a people who had decided a long time ago that they were going to be part of God's program to redeem all of humanity back to the place that he originally intended for us to be. That's paradise. Should be there. I got it. Yeah. So that's that's my little picture of paradise because I like I like the hills, you know, I like the mountains. But God intended for humanity to always be in paradise. Always. He didn't create us to be uh, a, a people who were separate from one another, uh, but to be a people who was one, who represented him, uh, but also a people who were at ease, not diseased. We were called to be whole. Sometimes I push back on uh, the titles that... Uh, we tend to divide ourselves into because we, we're good at that, you know. Right? We're good at separating ourselves. But God called us to be, yeah, it's good that we're called Christians now, but he didn't intend for us to be called Christians. He intended for us to be human. He didn't intend, intend for us to have a religion. He intended for us to be in relationship. And he called us to paradise. It was our that brought upon others disobedience and foremothers disobedience that brought upon the world a curse. And humanity have been struggling uh, with this tunnel of darkness that we find ourselves in. We are in this tunnel of darkness, all right, ever since we decided to go our own way. We're in this tunnel of darkness, but God made a promise. Now, I don't know if you know tunnels. You got the Caldecott. You got, the, you got to think of the old Caldecott, not the new one with the lights and the fan, all right? But when you get into a tunnel, in fact, in New York, we have an expression. Uh, you get uh, to the mainland in New York by going through tunnels or a bridge. Typically, most of us who live in Brooklyn or Manhattan, we go through either the Holland Tunnel or we go through... Uh, the Lincoln Tunnel. And so we have an expression that the, why are New Yorkers so depressed? And they say, well, because the light at the end of the tunnel is New Jersey. <laughs> if you haven't been to New Jersey when you get out, it can be kind of depressing, right? It's just like, oh, right? And chemical companies, and it's just kind of bad, right? And a lot of times we feel that way. In the days of Isaiah, it was the same thing. These people had said, we're going to become uh, your representatives on earth, and our goal, God, and this is what he, they promised when they came out of Egypt, because God says, humanity has forgotten me. Humanity is in darkness now. Humanity is in gloom. They, they have gone their own way, and most of the world is suffering because they have forgotten how to treat one another, 
They've forgotten where they come from. They've forgotten how much I love them. They've forgotten that I care for them. And, and, and they're exhibiting behaviors that are, are just crazy. All the Jews of the Hebrews called Abraham. Then he called this people that we call the Jews of the Hebrew. And he saved them out of this darkness of slavery that they were on. And he says, listen, I want you to represent a couple of things. I want you to represent my character. Because after all, Adam and Eve were, were made in the image and the likeness of God. That means they were his representatives on earth. They, they were supposed to demonstrate his character. We were supposed to see in other humans God's love and character and ethics and righteousness and compassion. He says, everything here on the ground, on the earth, I made for you, you can go and discover things to help each other, to bless each other, to, to not enrich yourselves at the cost of someone else, but you can bless each other. And by that way, you give glory to who I am. People will see you, and they'll see me through you. That's what God called us to do. Then Israel was supposed to pick up that mantle and represent the whole world. So what he did with Israel, and represent that to the whole world, so what he did with Israel, when he took them out of slavery, he put them right in this land bridge where the people from the east, present-day Iraq and Iran, the people from the north, Turkey and Russia, they can come through this land bridge, this little bridge that we call Palestine or Israel. They come through this bridge and they can get down to the people from the south, the Egyptians, the Africans. Everybody could come and, and had to come through this particular land bridge to be able to get to where they want to go and connect with other cultures. And he put Israel right there. Meyer Goldberg, the first uh, woman prime minister of Israel, she said, oh, that the Lord would have placed us 50 miles to the east, we would have had oil, or to the south. But he placed them right there. And all these cultures came through that way doing business. And the goal was for them to see the people of God and how that they were treating one another right and being ethically are accountable to each other and was demonstrating the character and the heart of God. And God would then say, I'm going to bless you and you can be a blessing to the other nations. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to allow you to be a people who are despised, but you need to exhibit my character. That's hard today. Because what happened was the other nations, they, they, were, they were concerned about their own status. They were concerned about uh, resources. There's not enough resources, so I can't share my resources with you because I, it's not going to be enough for me. They were concerned about, and so what they did was that they, they tried by the use of power and force to grab all they could for themselves. And God said, man, these folk are miserable. The world is miserable. Israel, stand up and represent me. And what happened in Isaiah's day is that Israel decided to take on the characteristics of the people who were around them who, who didn't know. That's just like me acting like my 10-year-old son. You know, that's not a good look. So God 
said, guys, if you take on the characteristics of the people who are around you, if you decide that you're going to be concerned about just yourself and no one else, if you decide that you're going to implement uh, your will on other people be, by power, by might, that's what they're talking about, about how God's going to crush the, 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 the warriors, the staff, and, and the, he's going to turn uh, the spear into pruning hook. If you decide that you want to use power and might to get your way, it's not going to work. Look at what everyone else is doing. If you decide that you're going to use all your time to gain resources so you can enrich yourself and so that you can isolate and insulate yourself from the realities of a broken world, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. If you decide that you're afraid that some other people are going to come in and take something that you think is yours or somehow going to change your status or somehow is going to make you less than who you are, you're going to behave in ways that's not pleasing to God. It wasn't much different in Isaiah's day than it is now in our day. And he said to Isaiah, Tell my people, this is not what I want from you. Because the behavior of the world would lead to you giving up and not representing me right. And, God, and that's what God says. You, you're, you're making a, a mockery of my holiness. And that's what that term holiness means. It means, you know, God is not grimy like we are. Okay? He says, you're making a mockery. You represent me wrong. I don't want to represent as, as a, as we say, Christian, but he's literally saying, I want you to kind of be human. And now, you know, and, and I thank God for being Christian, but we forgot that he, he intended for us just to be human. They, they, when he created us, there was no denomination. There was no church. There was, I mean, there was just humans. Okay? And, and he wants us to be authentically human. By being authentically human, we represent him. But he's saying now you're picking up the behaviors of people who have forgot what it's like to be authentically human and care and have compassion for one another. I'm from the human race. I happen to be tanner than the most of you, but you know, I'm a Fleming from southern Scotland. You know, <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> but I'm human. And if I'm going to represent God, I have to represent God in the way that he desires for to represent. But they didn't do that. They started to be like the other people. And as a result, uh, a part of Israel was taken away by the Assyrians. They were captured. And those, those individuals who were in the land of gloom and doom. And they started to try to implement their will, their fears, by using power. They had to oppress the poor and take their wealth of the poor into their home. They had to oppress. And what happened is, is that when, you're, when you don't have God, as human beings, we try to make our own gods. It may be overtime. It may be finance. Now, I'm, I'm a pastor's son. Um, but when I gave up on uh, the church, 
uh, I tried to make my own gods. And one of the, one of the ways is, is, is to get as much training and learning I could and work as hard as I could and, and make as much, as much money as I could. And, and I tried to find peace in that way. And, and I couldn't find peace or satisfaction in that way. And so I tried to find satisfaction in sex and partying and everything. And that wasn't enough. And then it was drugs and addiction, and it, which naturally led to addiction. You know, so I'm, I'm, here I am now. I'm looking for peace, and, and I'm in addiction. You know, and, and, and I'm like, okay, you know, my family's suffering, you know, my wife is suffering, you know, my, my relationships are suffering because I, I don't want to walk in the way of God and let God be in control. I'm trying to control a broken environment, okay, and all it did was put me in the bondage and slavery just like it did them. That's why these people were walking around in gloom. So God's answer was, I'm going to send you a child. Now, that's, that's like so countercultural to uh, who we are as people uh, in this present world. He's going to send a child, all right? When we want to uh, <laughs> get something done, typically we're going to send an army. But he says, I'm going to send a child. I'm going to give you a son. That means that I'm going to give the best of myself to you to do with whatever you will, in a sense. But I'm going to show you how I operate as God. A child is coming to you. Not one with power. Not one boasting. Not one with, with uh, uh, might or uh, education or privilege or anything. When Jesus came, now this is 700 years before Jesus was born, right? But when Jesus came, he was born into the poorest of the poor family. I mean, this dude was like one step from being homeless. In fact, actually, he was born homeless, basically in the equivalent of a doghouse. We don't do stables. Most of you guys are not from the South, so you don't do stables. All right. But he was born where they kept animals. So we, look, we do the little pretty thing, but that's not uh, what the deal is. That's not what the deal is. You know, the, the stables, is, it stinks there. All right? But he was born to, into a lower state as a child. And God is saying, this child, this son that I'm given, he actually will be a wonderful counselor. I mean, he, he'll be amazing. He'll, he'll give amazing advice to the human family about how we can get back to what God intentionally Okay, because that's where God is. How we can get through that tunnel into paradise, right? Okay, because that's where God intends for us to be. But yet, at the same time, even though he's an amazing counselor, he's still the mighty God. He has within his capacity the ability to come and just squash all resistance like a bug. He could do that, but that's not what he did. That's not what Jesus did. You look at the life of Jesus. He, he had the power. In fact, he, as an adult, he told uh, Pilate, he says, listen, if I wanted to, I can call a legion. That's 2,000 to 4,000 angels. I can call a legion of angels and just deal with this whole thing. Now, we know that one angel literally killed 185,000 
men, one angel. One angel. So if you can call up to 4,000 angels, we could deal with this human problem, this resistant problem right away. But that's not what he did. He had the power to do it. He was the mighty God. Chose to be our everlasting father. He's the everlasting father. He chose to show compassion. Now, my dad was a pastor and he worked. And he, was from, he, went, he fought in Korea and he fought in World War II. So he was, he was an old school dad. I knew he loved me because love for him was, you got food on the table, right, boy? You got a house to live in, right, boy? All right, you just get your education. You know, it wasn't all that huggy, dovey, you know. It wasn't like I am with my kids. I'm, you know, all that stuff with my kids. My dad was like, uh-uh, it wasn't all that. You got food? All right. Uh, you got a house to live in? You got a roof over your head? Okay, so you act right, go to school, get an education, or I'm kicking you out. <laughs> that was it. And when you get grown, work and take care of your family. You do that, we, we scrape. But it wasn't a whole lot of compassion. You know, it was like, yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Okay? So... To think of a compassionate, everlasting father, someone who cares for me, not because of what I can do for him, we don't, as, as, as truly human followers of Jesus, we don't have a hands-down religion where we're trying to control the God. We're trying to control God to get what we want. You know, we want God to be a galactic Santa Claus. No, we, we, we as Christians, we have a hands-up religion. We, we serve a compassionate God who wants to give us everything we want. I see that little child set up over there, and I think about my own kids. It gave me great joy to provide a playroom for my kids. They had, a, they had, a, they had their own playroom. I didn't have a playroom, you know. Our playroom was outside. It's like go outside, come back when the street lights come on, you know. You find what, whatever you can find to play. They didn't like buy all the toys and stuff. My kids had, we still got some of the toys, you know, from like 10 years ago or whatever. But it gave me great joy to bless them. It gives our Father great joy to bless us. And He's saying to us, listen, don't be griming and grinding and grabbing and mistreating and thinking that there's not enough to get. Man, I got plenty for you. I want to bless you. And guess what? When all those people come to your place and they're seeing how I'm blessing you and you're chilled and you're relaxing, and they say, well, how in the world are you blessed? How come you have peace and you're not getting high all the time? You're not medicating yourself out of your mind just to have peace. What in the world is with you? Hey, my daddy's got it. Man, I love what Rich said this morning. Rich said to me, he said, I'm rich in the Lord. We need to do some stuff. And that's exactly it. What a blessing. I'm rich in the Lord. Man, my daddy, people say, well, how come you got this? How you got peace? I said, man, my daddy's rich with cattle and, and, and a thousand hills are his, man. What, you think I can't get a cup of milk? Do you feel me? But what he's saying is that represent me. Now, listen, thank God, thank God I can look at my kids and some of them resemble me. There'll be a problem between me and my wife if none of my kids look like me. <laughs> God is saying, guys, you're my children. Look at me. Look like me. Represent me. 
So Isaiah is saying, this child is going to come and he's going to establish the peace, the shalom, the whole. He's the prince of peace, the prince of wholeness, the prince, oh, of stability. I, I can be stable now. The problem with us is that we have immature spirits when we're not in relationship with God. When we're not in relationship with God, we're broken, we're fractured. And the Prince of Peace brings about wholeness. He heals the hurt of past life. Because hurt people do what? Hurt people. And he gives us the ability to be truly human. The light at the end of the tunnel for us, if we can just trust God and hold on, is true life. What we say we call Zoe life, real life, life as God intends for us to live. It's going to be glorious, but we got to decide to hang on. I'm not ashamed to be called Christian because I know in all actuality, I'm just learning to be human. I'm not ashamed because I think someone's going to come in and steal my status. Some people are going to come in and take my stuff, and I'm going to somehow become less. I'm going to be less of a person, less of a, a being because some stranger, some other human is coming. I'm not, my God's got everything. Do you know 250,000 uh, uh, plants, uh, species of plants that grow from the ground give humanity everything we need? We can survive just off the plants alone. We don't have to slaughter a cow or a pig or anything. You know, I do like to barbecue every once in a while, but you know. I'm just saying, I mean, everything that we need, God provides. He provided everything. He never fails. His word never fails. I'm getting a little excited. This is a black church thing. I'm just saying. But this thing, because I, 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 I hustled what we called, I hustled backwards for so many years trying to get what he was willing to give me all those times. The peace, the love, the joy. I don't want to, I'm tired of what this world, this world, what happens in this world is this world have, have sold us a bill of goods and we, we, we divide ourselves in camps and we want to hate each other, we want to mistreat each other, we want to be mean and nasty to each other. That's all we hear on the news. I don't care what station that you listen to on the news. I don't care what your political party is. I don't care. We just at each other's throat. I'm tired of that. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be a person that hate other people. I want to be a person that loves. I want to be human. That's what he's saying. And this is what happened. When Israel got to the place where they stopped listening to the, to the noise, to the, all the, the, the politicians and the kings and, and the people who are telling us how we have to be divided and how we have to be afraid of somebody coming in from somewhere else, taking our stuff. You know what I mean? We got to be afraid. I'm going to lose my status in life. Where I live in Oakland, the house right next door to me, and, and the fellow was losing the house. So what he did was, to put a gum in the works for the new owners, he let all homeless people come in and stay. Just let them come in. Just turned them into a flop house. Now, I, I, I work with the homeless. I'm Pastor Fleming, but let me tell you something. When they moved all in next door to me, and I got my wife and my kids there, 
And they were right there. I'm pulling up, and, and I'm pulling up, and they out there smoking weed, looking, you know what I mean? And all kinds of stuff that I used to do and probably how I used to look. It, it, for a minute, I got upset. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. This is North Oakland. This ain't where my church is down in West Oakland by the projects. <laughs> Who are these people? They look right. I'm like, what? You got to be, what? I was like, oh, wait a minute. My status was being challenged. I went to Bible study, and teaching Bible class, and I was venting a little bit about this. Now, I've, been, I've been a pastor for a long time. I've been a Christian for a while. But status, you got to be careful with status because it doesn't matter where you are, and I'm about ready to quit. Doesn't matter where you, where you are in life, but you got to be careful because you get a little money. Now, my wife is a, a physician, all right? I mean, you know, I was a drug dealer. <laughs> I cleaned up my life, and, you know, we can clean up our life. It's been 30 years. I was telling someone in here, it's been 30 years I've been clean since 1989. You know, went back to school and, and you know, put on the facade and got all proper, got all degrees and all kinds of stuff, and got, was able to keep a job. But I was a drug dealer homeboy out there on the block looking, you know, I mean, I didn't look that good, but you know, you can forget once you get a little coin in your pocket. You get a little static, but wait a minute, I'm, my wife is a physician. We live right here. What are these people doing here? And I went to talk, and one of the members of my church said, Pastor, we feed the homeless out here. Maybe you should take some food and take it to your new neighbors. Moondog in them. The dude's name was Moondog. Moondog. And his friends, Moondog. I don't want to feed Moondog <laughs> and his friends because I'm, I'm, I'm Pastor Fleming now, married to Dr. Fleming, you know, and I live in North Oakland. This is my property. You see how we can get? And God used a member, one of my members, to remind me of what my true call was. We had plenty of food. I didn't want to take it, but I did. I took it to him. And I humbly walked up to this motley-looking crew of people who didn't represent anything that I am now, but they were human beings. And I had to be lead servant and offer them the food and show them love and compassion despite the status they were in. And demonstrate the love of God. I didn't say nothing about being a Christian or whatever. But I tried to imitate my master who saved me from that. And, you know, I have to, like, kick myself. Who? I can't curse in here, but who? Like they say in Oakland, the heck are you? <laughs> By the way, uh, the construction worker, when you started talking, I thought you was around a group of pastors when you said the swear jar, because I'd be rich. <laughs> but I had to. I had to be Jesus to them and represent him and ultimately be human. That's the story of Christmas. He's coming to change this world's way of being, and he's starting with us that choose to follow him. I don't have the strength or the energy to hate you. I'm not worried about, God, 
got me. You, there's nothing, there's enough for you, me, and everybody else that he brings on this world. My status is secure because I'm in him. I represent him. You represent him. You are sons and daughters of Adam, just like I am. And buddy, sister, you can't be no higher. Your ethnicity, your age, your uh, socioeconomic status, uh, your educational level, you can't be any higher or have any more status than just being a child of God. That's who Jesus came to tell us. And he's coming again to make it happen. So the light at the end of the tunnel is true life. Live free. Love fully. Be compassionate. And as I close, I spent a lot of money uh, to go to seminary. But my best, my, my, my best understanding of who we should be comes from an old movie that most of you guys are too young to even know about. Maybe Rich and one or two. It was called Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. And he said, and this has shaped my life, and this is what, if I forget every, if you forget everything else I've said, be excellent to one another. My God, forget about religion. Forget about a title. Forget about a name. Just be excellent to one another. And that's how this world's going to change. One day our master's going to show up. And those of us who have grabbed on early, we're going to be the forerunners of that government to teach people just how to be excellent to one another. I doubt if there's going to be Christian and non-Christian, denomination, all that stuff. It's just going to be wonderful, marvelous humans made in the image of our everlasting Father, demonstrating his love and his compassion to one another. I love you. I love you. You're wonderfully and marvelously made. Yeah, you're different. Yeah, he's a Dodgers fan. <laughs> but I still love him. And we're going to be excellent to one another. That's the story. That's what this was all about. That's where we're heading. That's the light at the end of the table, on the, on the end of the tunnel.